And welcome to episode 64 of the Lace Em Up podcast. I'm Steve Ellsworth. I'm Brett Tubuff. And we've got another coaching casualty. This one is a little more personal for Brett. Yeah. Uh, we'll elaborate on that. And our poll of the week also has to do with that coaching casualty. Uh, in or out, this week we're talking Nashville. We're talking Winnipeg. Are they going to make the playoffs this year? Or are both going to miss the boat? Are both going to make it? Um, you know what? Both have the teams to get it done, but... Uh, in my opinion, one of them is going to make it, the other won't. I'll delve into who will make it and why, and Brett will probably have his two cents as well. Um, a lot of key injuries this week as well. Um, some very sad news out of Montreal, and maybe a little bit of controversy as well. And um, unfortunately, one of the most iconic owners in NHL history has passed away. We'll explain on that before we get to our Bruins Sens segment, but first, a shout-out to all the players past and present who have worn number 64 in the NHL. Uh, Mikhail Granlund, uh, the most notable right now. In 2009, Matt Bolesky wore number 64. Uh, during his time with the Sharks from 2009 to 2012, Jamie McGinn wore number 64. Uh, Tyler Mott with the Blackhawks. Nail Yakupov uh, wore number 64 in his earlier years. Joseph Landisi of the New Jersey Devils. Uh, Garnet Hathaway, a young Calgary Flame, uh, so and uh, several others that, um, uh, if if we named it, would probably take up five minutes. So <laughs> uh, to all of them, this podcast is for you. And now it's time. To lace them up, here's Brett and Steve. That might be the first time that you uh, have a, uh, that you didn't list every player who wore number 64. Yeah. <laughs> yeah first and only time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah, I guess, uh, let's, let's get started though. Um, yeah, I think as you probably have heard by now, although Steve did a good job in teasing it, uh, Claude Julien got fired by the Bruins. It was kind of inevitable at this point. I had this rant like uh, a couple of weeks ago on the show um, yeah. about uh, this, and I think that was when the tide turned for me, at least, on um, on on whether Claude Julien should be fired. I always felt like he shouldn't be fired. It was more Sweeney and Neely's fault, which I still believe, but at yeah. the same time. I was, uh, I was, I'm kind of conflicted. I'm in a mixed, um, motions here. Because on one hand, Claude Julien is the best coach the Bruins will ever have. Um, he'll, he's, uh, like, you know, it's like when you fire him, he's by far the best coach on the market. So it's not like you're going to find a better coach. Um, and, you know, he has... I think he has, he, not I think, he does have the most wins for a Bruins coach. He has the most, um, I think, playoff wins as well. Um, and, you know, so, and also I just want to acknowledge that, um, thank you, Claude Julian, if you're listening, um, for the 2011 Stanley Cup um, win. That was the best night of my life, so... Thank you. Best moment of my life, I should say. No. Um, 
which uh, which was kind of coincided with the Pats parade, which we'll get to in a second. Um, but on the other hand, uh, the Bruin like this league is way more offensive. That's not Claude Julien's strong suit. Uh, it's also the Bruins have a lot of young players, which is also not uh, Claude Julien's strong suit. Um, so, like, who tend to not play defense as well, and I feel like Butch, Bruce Cassidy, the guy who, um, who, like, knows a lot of these players better, because he worked with them in Providence, um, is able to, like, help, is a better candidate for this team, as opposed to, like, the teams that Claude Julian has coached before. Um, and I think just in this, in terms of this, so I'm, I'm all for, uh, this direction, um, in the sense that, like, you know, we just need a new person in, um, but at the same time, it's very, very sad, because I don't think we'll ever get a coach as good as Claude Julian, um, and I'm sure he'll be successful in whatever team hires him next. Um, and I'm sure it won't yep. take him long to find another job. Exactly. I guarantee that. Yeah, I wouldn't be surprised if someone hires him right now. Although I think he's still under contract with the Bruins, so um, he has the Bruins have to give teams permission. Um, and but, it's the same case with Gallant as well. Yeah. Uh, in, in so Florida, I don't. Florida, I don't know if it's like I wouldn't be surprised if a the Bruins like give him per, give teams permission to do it. Like, I heard that the Vegas team and the, um, I think the Florida Panthers team asked for permission. I don't know if they granted permission to either team. Um, but I could see him, like, I would love it if he went to the Vegas team. Um, but, uh, we'd have to see. Um, I'm not sure if, like, honestly, the Vegas Golden Knights, um, or, you know, Pending trademark issues, I guess we yeah. should just call them Vegas, you know, right. to not put ourselves into hot water. But they, Although, they, yeah. they, they, it would be a disservice to not at least have a conversation with them and at least give them the opportunity because uh, guys like Claude Julian don't come around yeah, very no, often. Uh, that's and for an good expansion point. team to have one like this fall into their lap is <laughs> rare. It's yeah. very rare. That's a good at point. At the same time, though, I don't know why Claude Julian would do that, though. Like he, yeah, it's an expansion you know, team yeah. that's probably going to be young, and you know right. they just got fired from a team that you know has a lot of young talent. So I'm just yeah. concerned if it's the right fit for him. That, that's but what I mean. Do, I'd be. They, I, do, they do owe it at least to give yeah. them. The, they do at at the very least they should interview them, at the very least. Yeah, I agree. I I think it. I don't know what. Like I feel like the the Vegas team should have Julian as the on the top of their list. But I don't see why Claude Julien would ever go to Vegas uh, because of those me- reasons you mentioned. Um, I had a couple of other points, but I'm blanking on them now. So I'll let you go with your thoughts. <laughs> yeah, well, um, he joins Jack Capuano, Gerard Gallant, and Ken Hitchcock on the list of coaches who have been fired this year. Claude Julien does. When he was first hired by Boston, Tortorella was still coaching the Tampa Bay Lightning. Yeah, it's been 10 years, right? in their coats. Yeah. Yeah, 10 years. Um, before I... he was shown the door, he led the Bruins to playoff bursts in seven of nine years, 
brought a Stanley Cup to Boston for the first time in almost 40 years, as you mentioned. Mm-hmm. A few years after he did that, they made it back to the finals. He did a lot of good for this franchise, but the writing was on the wall, like you said, for some time. Yeah. And although they got close to reaching the playoffs over the last two years, they did not. And in fact, I think in both of those circumstances, a late hiccup led to their demise on both occasions. And when he was fired, they were one point back at the last wildcard spot in the East, so they weren't in a playoff spot. And you look at their schedule, they have a bye week coming up, as we'll talk about in our Bruins Sense segment yep. coming up. They have a bye week, time's not on their side. They were they were about to face the Sharks on Thursday. They needed time to prepare. So the fact that this decision came on Tuesday and not on a Wednesday, um, you know, regardless of the timing, which we'll, yeah. which we'll uh, talk about, in I mean, my opinion, talk about it's, the timing <laughs> is never perfect to fire a coach. Yeah. It never is. So I, at the same time, they should expect to get some backlash. For yeah, especially to fire Claude Julian. But especially during the parade. On Tuesday, other than Wednesday, when you should be spending time with your new coach preparing on right. how to beat the San Jose Sharks. Yeah, especially on the, especially because the parade, the Patriots parade was on Tuesday. Um, the firing happened while the parade was happening. Yeah, exactly, and it, you know that, like that, that you know that that like that was definitely on Sweeney's and Neely's mind when they fired him because they're like, okay, great, the media will be covering the parade instead of our firing or something. And apparently, the last, I think there was, uh, when they decided, I think there was, oh, when uh, Peter Chiarelli was fired? Uh, yeah. The, the, uh, it was on the day that uh, Aaron Hernandez was um, sentenced to jail. It was another mm-hmm. Patriot who uh, got who murdered a person and now is in jail um, for those people who don't follow football. Um, but yeah, so like he got fired on the day of the Patriots parade. If you don't know, the Patriots won a Super Bowl, um, their fifth Super Bowl. Um, in dramatic fashion. In dramatic, in dramatic fashion. Exactly. And you know, I was, I, I was there at the parade. I wore my Bruins hat in solidarity um, yeah. but it was, it was just did a weird, you know, did you yeah. know when you were in the parade that the firing was happening when you, yeah, got there? well, what happened, literally what happened, I woke up, I got a notification from my phone that told me that Claude Julian got fired. I emailed you because I wanted to, we wanted to talk about this. Um, I, I just, woke yeah. up and, I was and then, the parade. I was and then, yeah, just watching it. And then below the ticker, it says breaking Claude Julian. Right. Fired. I'm just like, oh, I've yeah. never seen this before. So I had the advantage that like, I knew it happened, but for me at the parade, it was a weird moment because one of my teams is like celebrating its fifth Super Bowl. It's a dynasty. It's all that stuff. On top of the world. Exactly. Yeah. And then my other team is like in disarray because they fire their coach of ten years for like a spark or whatever. So it was just it was a it was a weird day for me um, as a diehard Bruins and Patriots fan. But um, yeah, it was. Um, yeah, I don't think it was, like, a smart idea to, to fire him on that day. But, to play devil's advocate here, um, if they had to, like, let's say they fired him because of that Toronto Bruins game, which was their last game they played before, um, uh, before on Saturday. 
So if you fire him right after the game, you know, people will be saying like, oh, how convenient, you did it right in the Super Bowl. If you fired him on the Super Bowl, then it's like, you definitely, yeah. you know, that's a d- direct shot at the Patriots. And um, then on Monday, the day after Monday, the Super Bowl, the day after the Super Bowl how dare you, exactly. It's, it's one of those things where you can't win yeah, um, exactly. if you're going to fire your coach. But at the same time, it, it doesn't look good. Um uh, and to be fair, so, they could have done this years ago. True. Like, there are yeah, rumblings, been, you know, is Julian's job going to be on the line? No, we're going yeah, to remain loyal. We're going to remain loyal. Right, we're exactly. We're going to give him a shot, and it just... It's been, it's been in the making for a while. Apparently, there there's reports, um, I think it was from Fluto Shinazawa, who's a Boston Globe reporter. Best name ever. Yeah. Uh, he's a really good uh, Bruins reporter, so if you, if you're ever... Want to know more about the Bruins, other than what I can tell you. Uh, Fluto's your guy. Um, he uh, he said that Sweeney, like, it was, like Neely has wanted Julian gone since, like, day one, even bef- but then Julian won the Stanley Cup, then uh-huh. Julian, like, won- got into the conference finals, then, you know, all this stuff. And then this, like, so he wanted, Neely wanted Julian fired forever. Um, and then uh, he even wanted him, fi- especially last season, after last season. Um, but Sweeney wanted him to, wanted him to stay, because, you know, for obvious reasons, Julian's one of the better, best coaches in the league. So um, what I found interesting, though, was during the press conference, Neely wasn't there. Um, yeah. It was Sweeney, so he, and it was live streamed. Yeah, exactly, it was live streamed. It made it seem like this was Sweeney's move, so he's going to get the downfall if this doesn't play out, which it might not. So it's like um, it's just such a sly move by Cam Neely that, like, I don't know. It's like I I'm okay with Sweeney in some sense because like he has filled our farm team a lot. With a lot of prospects, like I can name like 20, 10 guys who who could be good pros on our team, which is something that Shirelli didn't do. Um, but his trades and his free agent acquisitions are questionable um, now. But like Neely has to go because he was through. He went through the whole Shirelli years and the uh, Don Sweeney years. So it's um, I feel like. Neely is the actual guy who should go, but it's it's tough when it's like this is like a former great. He's probably um, in the top ten of Bruins all time um, in terms of players um, and stuff. So it's it's tough to like you know fire a guy like that, but you ha- you know I feel like uh, that that would be the right move. Um, although we're we're winning right now, all of a sudden. Um, so, which we'll talk about in, which in we'll the talk Bruins about in the Bruins segment. segment, segment. Yeah, but it's just, um, so I don't know if it's, it's gonna, um, I don't know, maybe we'll make the playoffs, we'll see. Now, uh, speaking of Fluo Shinzawa, you told me off air that he had an yep. article, and you included the article in the I link, did. and I read it, and I'm, and, and I, and I agree with Fluo Shinzawa and what he wrote, in yep. that, if this, if this decision to hire Don Sweeney does not work out, there are no more fall guys. Yep. There's there's nothing saving Cam Neely. There's nothing saving Don Sweeney. This is on them. Yep. 
because, then, yeah. you know, then you realize, oh, it's so Claude Julien wasn't the problem. It's the guys who assembled the team that right. could be the problem here. They need to go. And that's what happened in Vancouver. Yeah. Alain was fired. They, uh, Mike Gillis hires John Tortorella. That this is after they make the Stanley Cup Finals a couple of years yep. in. They get to the playoffs, early exits, and then Vigneault gets fired one year. They bring in Torts, sign him to a five-year deal, only lasts one year, and that one year they don't make the playoffs. Gillis is canned. Linden comes in, and then a few weeks later, Torts is gone. Yeah. So this is what's going to happen. The the uh, the hires up the GMs. Even maybe even Cam Neely, they are going to be held accountable with this decision, and they should. Uh, well, I don't know if they yeah. will, but they should be. Yeah, that's the thing. I don't know if they will be. I have a feeling, though, if the Bruins. I mean, we'll talk about this in the Bruins ten segment, but um, I have a feeling, though, if Cass, if the Bruins don't make the playoffs, Cassidy's fired. Um, even if we like miss it by a point or whatever, um, he's probably going to go. And then I don't think Neely or Sweeney will go. And the thing is, is that the only problem I agree with what Fluto was saying, the only thing that I disagreed with was that Fluto, like, as I mentioned before, is that Sweeney has, like, all this, like, all these players in our farm system, like McAvoy, uh, Jeremy Lazon, um, Carlo, he uh, drafted as well, um, you know, uh, Zach Senishin is doing well too. So it's yeah. Um, all these and, and you look guys. At, you look yeah. at the guys that Bruce Cassidy has coached during his time in Providence: Frank Petrano, yeah. the Millers, Pasternak, Spooner, Troy yeah. Krug. Exactly. Uh, this is kind of reminding me of what Mike Sullivan had to deal with when he right. came in midseason with and Pittsburgh. I, he coached all those AHL players, yeah. and they won the Stanley Cup. Hopefully, this leads to more success. Yeah. But if it doesn't. That's why I say yeah. Sweeney and Neely, there's no one protecting them. Right. And I think that, like, I mean, I think that was actually part of it. The whole, like, Sullivan winning the cup last year after just being hired. I think that, like, if that didn't happen, I don't think this happens. Um, and, uh, yeah, but, like, the so the only thing I had an issue with is that Sweeney has been really good for our farm team. He just has made questionable uh, trades or and signings like the David back like it's fine if you're rebuilding, but don't sign David Backus to a five year contract um, because then that shows that you're you're trying to compete. You can't be in the middle, and that's it's and that's why where the Bruins are in this spot now is because we can't make up our mind if we're rebuilding or if we're competing and. Um, you know, they just don't have a direction. And so that's what's frustrating um, about this team and this manager. Now getting now getting back uh, to Claude Julian. Where he yeah, we have to, up, we, hold on, we have to go to the poll of the week. But yeah. Oh, okay, okay. Yeah, first off, uh, yeah, the poll of the week was, uh, should they have even fired Claude Julian to begin with? Right. So, I, I, so when I started this question, I was thinking like, because I had, like, a two-fold question of, like, is it good for the short term? Is it good for the long term? And then I was going to do, like, no for the... So I did yes for the short term, yes for the long term. And then I was about to write no for the short term and no for the long term. And then I realized, like, if you're going to say no, yes for the long term, then that means no on the short term. So, uh, So I did yes for both and no for both. Um, And... Uh, 77% said no for both, 
Um, they don't think Claude Julien was the right firing. Claude Julien was the right move, and twenty three percent say yes for both. Um, so I guess it could have just been a yes or no uh, question. But for me, I feel like it it is uh, a, the right move for the short term. Um, as for the long term, I don't know because it's it's going to be. I'm not. I'm still not. Con- even though Cl- Cassidy has won the last two games. Um, this is recorded on a Sunday before the Habs game, so I'm not sure, I'm still not convinced that he's the coach, but, so, I would say yes for the short term, but, I guess people disagree with me, um. Yeah, um, I, honestly, my, 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 my opinion was gonna happen regardless, even if they make yep. the playoffs, and eat, eat, uh, if, if they miss, if they don't go deep, if they make the playoffs and they don't go deep, I think he still gets fired. I think he still gets fired. I, I think this was just a tipping point. Uh, I think, like I said, for the youth movement, uh, there is going to be a coach that fits the system better than Julian. And the sad reality is they lost a good coach because of that. Yeah. Um, that being said, uh, I think they should take a look at the open market, see what's there, maybe consider Gerard Gallant before yeah. maybe Vegas picks him up. Uh, whether or not he could do a better job than Bruce Cassidy, but they're giving Bruce Cassidy a chance. So yeah. it's, it's hard to I say think, how soon that decision could be made. Yeah, no, I think I I think it would be awfully tough to uh, fire Cassidy if they don't make the play, if they make the playoffs. Um, yeah. Because it's like, you know, well, Claude, you know, we wouldn't have made the playoffs if Claude Julien was in. So it's like, it's a tough case to say, like, Oh well, Cassidy's um, not the guy. He didn't make us into the playoffs when he actually did. So, um, but if he doesn't make the playoffs, I don't think there's even a chance that Cassidy gets the role, even though they should be rebuilding and whatnot. Um, so, in that sense, yeah. Um, but yeah, I think if if they're not going with Cassidy. I think they're going. They're going to go. They should go for guys like Gallant or something. But I'd be okay with not another retread. Like try going for some assistant coach um, somewhere, or uh, maybe even like a, um, a co- uh, like a college coach. Um, I think there was room, rumblings that they're going for this Providence coach, a uh, University of Providence coach, um, somewhere. So. Um, I could see that happening. The Bruins aren't known to um, are are known to make uh, crazy off the board <laughs> picks. So um, yeah. it's it's it wouldn't be surprising if they went off the board for their next coach. Um, we'll now, see. Uh, talk, talking about Claude Julian, back to Claude Julian yep. for a sec. Um, like I said, it, uh, if if things fall off the wheels in Montreal. He, he speaks French. I think he's Terrian's replacement. Yeah, in I, a nutshell, they've been yeah, waiting. They, if they're waiting for a replacement for Terrian, there, there it is, right in front of them. Uh, yep. So he could, he could maybe return to coach. Yeah, Montreal. I think. I, yeah, Dallas and Colorado. Dallas and Colorado are interesting, but both of them don't have exactly good defense, yeah. and the Bruins are kind of the same. So I don't know what difference Claude Julian would make, other than no, maybe play a, have bring a bit more structure well, to their game. But, yeah, yeah. The, the, those are like the three teams that they're talking about. I would hate it if he went to Montreal because I think he probably would win a cup if he was the coach of Montreal uh, with them. 
Dallas would only, I would, I wouldn't like Dallas just because the, the, I've been saying all along that Tyler Sagan was traded because he couldn't fit into Claude Julian's system. So if he does, if Claude Julian ah. goes to Dallas and he actually, you know, and they actually do well and Sagan's their best player, then it's like, well, now what do I say? Why did we even trade Tyler Sagan? So I, um, so that, those would be the, just me personally. Those, those would be the annoying ones, but I think he'd probably make Dallas or Colorado's defense a lot better um, if he did go there. Um, I could see Florida uh, as well. Uh, that would be interesting, especially because he has uh, the Bruins in the division. Um, the New York Islanders. It depends, the Islanders, though, because uh, Doug Wade is really yeah, he's been doing well, well. So. Yeah, he's doing doing well. Um, I could see him going to the Panthers if he wants to be spiteful towards the Bruins, because uh, you know he play, he'll play the the Bruins um, in the division. So, um, but yeah, uh, we'll have to see. I assume we'll find out sooner rather than later. Uh, we have to get going though for the rest of the show. As much as I want to talk about Claude yeah. being fired. Um, in or out, we have the, we'll start with the Winnipeg uh, Jets. Um, hold on, I'm looking here. They are currently in the playoffs. They have, wait, are they currently in the playoffs? No, they're not. They're out by six points. Uh, they're trailing Nashville by six points. They have 54 points altogether. They're 25, 29, and 4. Um, so I would say already they're fifth in their divisions in their division. So I guess they have to pass, um, um, the, uh, the Dallas stars who are the, they're tied with, um, or the Nashville predators, um, who have 60 points who we're ta- about to talk about soon. Um, yeah. so I don't know. I don't think Winnipeg is doing it just because their goaltending isn't as good. Um, surprise, surprise. Um, <laughs> Hel- you know, Pavlich hasn't been good. As um, and um, something's going on with Hellebuck. I'm not sure what, but he's not doing well either. So I think it's just their goaltending isn't gonna be um, is gonna be their downfall. As well as the fact that we're going to talk about this soon, but Tyler Myers is out for, is out indefinitely. Um, you know, so like they have promise because they have guys like Shifley, Ellers, and Line. Um, so they'll be good in a couple of years, but I don't think that this is their year. Yeah, just t- talking about Tyler Myers for a sec. This is a quote from Paul Maurice. Yeah. Uh, from the time he's been here, Tyler's had a big impact on our game. This has pushed Bufflin's, uh, is, uh, and he's he's been he's missed time due to injury for quite some time. He's been out since uh, Remembrance Day, November the 11th. Um, so he continues saying uh, his injury has pushed Bufflin's minutes to a point where it's had a big impact uh, on his game, and I don't think it's helped him. Truba has picked up a lot more minutes in that role, but we've missed Tyler Myers greatly. And I think their defense is starting to reflect that. Um, this is a curious team, though. Um in the new year, they're a top three team when it comes to shots for, but in shots against, they're also a top three team, a stat you don't want to be a part of. Uh, and, and 
They've also given up 68 goals again since January 1st, the highest in the NHL, even more than Dallas. Uh, and for a team that has a top 10 power play in 2017, that's pretty sad. Um, the good news is Brian Little's come back from injury. He's got 16 goals and 30 points in his first 35 games, which is impressive. Patrick Laine is back. He's going to be a goal-scoring threat on any given night. But again, going back to their goalies and, and their defense is hurting with Tyler Meyer without Tyler Myers. Uh, their goaltending's been inconsistent. Um, even though Connor Hellebuck has had Chicago's number this year, he was the main reason why the Jets took four of five from the Hawks this year. Yep. And on top of that, they've also won 13 games against Central Division opponents, which is remarkable. But again, it's the inconsistency which has led to some of their problems. Uh, I think their playoff fate will be sealed on the final day of the regular season. Oh, well. Um, but if you're asking me whether or not I'm confident they'll make the playoffs, I'm really on the fence. I think it'll, I think they'll be out like even uh, so- They have the team to make it, but they could also miss out, is all I'm saying. Uh, I think they're out. Like They're already six points out. Um, it's it's like I don't think they're gonna be out. I think they're gonna be out, but I don't think they're 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 not gonna be out the last day. They're gonna be out like two weeks out on um, okay. the last day. Um, I mean we'll, we'll see. I mean this is why we do these, I guess. Yeah, they, um, their their offense isn't the problem. It's gonna be if they can if they can get hot and they can get streaky, and we see them do it. I I think I think they could have a shot at making some playoff noise, but. Again, their defense and their goaltending is going to have to be rock solid. And, right. Or the last little while, it hasn't been. Yeah, I think that's the thing. It's just their defense um, or their yeah. goaltending. Um, all right, let's go to the Nashville Predators, who do have a – currently they have a wild card spot. They would they have the eighth spot, I believe. Oh, no, they, they're tied with the L.A. Kings for the um, wild card spot. Uh, they have 60 points. Calgary is trailing them by one point um, in the wild card, um, and uh, St. Louis has 63 points, so they're down by St. Louis for 63 points. Uh, they've been struggling lately because uh, I don't think uh, Pecorini has been great, but uh, and they lost to the Panthers yesterday, uh, seven to four. Um, but uh, they're still in the playoff spot. They have PK Subban back. Um, you know they have Ryan Johansson, who's finally getting it together. Philip Forsberg's getting it together, and Victor Arvidsson is doing well. So I think they're in, but it's going to be on the last day. It's going to be they're going to get a wild card spot because just because the Central Division is so yeah, competitive, the, the Western Conference yeah. is wide open. Exactly. Let's be honest. Not just the central, the Western right. Conference. Yeah, that's true. Yeah, this. Yeah, the Pacific is good now too. So, um, I don't know. I could see. Uh, yeah, the the. I was just looking here. The uh, Predators have lost. Hold on. I was going to get their last ten record. Um, yeah. So I think they're they're in the wild card. Um, but oh, wait, hold on. Their last. They're five, four, and one in their last ten games. Um, sorry, you can go. <laughs> okay, so they're a top five team in shots for since the start of 2017. They've won 10 of their first 19 in the new year. They've gone 10-7-2. And, and like Winnipeg, unfortunately, they've been a top five team when you look at the shots against category over the time for, over that time frame. Uh, 
penalty kill since January 1st. It's in the top five. That's good news. Arvidsson, 14 points in his last 17 games, including a team I eight goals in 2017. Uh, or that stretch, Philip Forsberg has seven goals, which is promising. Um, Mike Fisher, uh, surprise, surprise, um, he has 12 points um, in the, the new year. Ryan Johansson has 13 points in the new year. Um, those two have combined for just five goals, though. Um, so maybe they need to pick it up on the goal scoring yeah. front, but they've been putting up points at least. Uh, defensive side of things, Ryan Ellis has looked pretty good. 11 points in his last 19 games. James Neal, if I had to pick one guy who needs to pick up his game, James Neal, absolutely. Three goals and one assist in 14 games since the new year. That's just not going to cut it, especially with the amount of money that he's making. We uh, One season, this guy scored 40 goals. So surely he can do better than 17 goals in his first 46 games. Um, now, you talked about Pecorine not being so much of on a roll, but the numbers since January 1st tell a different story. GAA of 2.08, along right. with an 8-4-1 record and a 9.32 save percentage. That's where his first 14 appearances in 2016, or uh, 2017, Ugh, that was last year. If he can stay hot, I think he will. The Preds make the playoffs, but he's been prone to struggle, so that could be a problem for them. Um, but like you said, the West is wide open, so yep. I still think they have a better shot compared to some I, of the other wildcard clubs yeah. in the mix, so I think they're going to be a wildcard team. Actually, I, I forgot to mention that their backup, Juicy Saros, I don't know how you, I know it's Finnish. Juicy Saros, yeah, Juicy yeah Saros. It's, it's about that, yeah. Um, I was close. Um, he, he's actually doing pretty well, although he doesn't play, he doesn't start that often, but he has a 209 GAA and a save percentage of 933, although it's, he's only played in 12 games this year, but he's, he's been pretty good. Um, so he might be the, uh, potential replacement for Pekka He Rene. could be a goal of the future yeah. material for them, for sure. Yeah, yeah, he's only like 25 years old. I, th- I think he's only, actually, no, I think he's younger. Hold on, let me look. Um, he is 21 years old. So, yeah, he's... he's um, yeah, and Pecorine is 35, 34, 35. Um, so, uh, yeah, so the... Uh, the Predators have another Finnish goalie um, who might be good in the future. So, um, in the rings. Um, I don't know. I could... Yeah, I think they'll make the playoffs, but just barely. Um, yeah. And, yeah, Victor... I think I mentioned Victor. Arvidsson has been yeah. kind of a revelation. This has been his breakout year. So, um, we'll have to see. Um I was just looking. Apparently, he's Swedish. So, uh, I guess the Preds love their Swedes with Forsberg and um, Arvidsson. Um, All right, let's get to the rapid fire. Uh, The Habs, uh, we kind of alluded to this before when we were talking about Claude Julien. But the Habs, um, I guess this isn't as uh, newsworthy as I thought it was going to be. But... The uh, Habs GM uh, Bergevin, I don't know, I'm blinking on his first Mark Bergevin, yeah. um, had yeah. a players' meeting without Tarion. Um, I think this was after that Colorado Avalanche loss that was four to nothing. Um, it was out. It was noteworthy because it was without Tarion. But Steve just told me before the air, before we aired, um, that 
Bergevin had a meeting afterwards with Tarion. So it's not as like, it's not like a, a stabbed in the back kind of thing. Yeah, I, I, I um, think he just wants to make, because, uh, you know, you can't, you, you want the players to get you an honest opinion without having them being afraid of what the coach is going to think right. of their opinion. So he wanted a good, honest opinion from the players. He wanted a separate opinion from the coach. They wanted to see where their team was right. at. And frankly, that meaning was warranted because I'm just looking at the historic stats in that game. This is a team that they beat 10-1 to earlier this year, and they get shut out 4 to nothing. Miko Rantanen gets, gets a hat-trick in that game on Tuesday he becomes the first player since Scott Young in November of 1996 uh, to do that against the Avs as a, uh, to do that against the Canadians as a member of the Avs. Um, and Calvin Pickard also made history. Third career shutout was the first by a Colorado uh, Avalanche goalie or a Quebec Nordique goalie against Montreal since Dan Bouchard put up a donut in March of 1981. Wow. And the crazier stat is that Colorado shut out a top three team in the East, and Colorado is probably in the running for the top pick. So yeah. um, that's that was that's just an not a good lo- that's not a good uh, loss for them. No, um, for and, sure. And, and then the, and then they go into Arizona and they yeah. need overtime to beat the Coyotes. Right. Although they did win that game, but yeah, they did not, win, but they could yeah. have lost. True. So. Um, and also speaking of which, um, Carey Price hasn't been Carey Price. He has. A 9.18 save percentage and a 2.42 goals against average, which is okay, but it's not great. Like it's not Carey Price expected. numbers. It's not, no, it's not, we've seen better from Carey yeah, Price. Yeah, exactly. So um, it's kind of interesting. I wonder why he hasn't. He's been struggling lately. Um, but um, yeah, exactly. It's not a Carey Price year uh, for him. So um, I don't know. It might be one of those things where I've always. Or like it's like Carey Price has kind of carried the team, yeah. no pun intended. Um, yeah. And so now that he's kind of he's not being a god, he's um, you know the the Habs are kind of failing now. But um, yeah. you know it's 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 weird to like count the Habs out though. Just but yet. to to be fair, I noticed a lot of stuff that was out of the ordinary. Like St. Louis yeah. over the last seven road games, they have four shutouts. Buffalo against San Jose at home, seventeen one and one. Yeah, uh, and then the Capitals, which isn't so surprising, but five or more goals in eleven straight home games. That's insane. Yeah. And uh, I found they joined the. I just was looking at the stat. They joined the 1970-71 Bruins as the only teams in NHL history to score at least five goals in 11 consecutive home games. Um, so, yep. the, so they're one of two teams in NHL history to do that. Um, which yeah, is and they also have won every single one of them, by the yep. way. They're on a home-winning streak right now. Um, by the way, the Bruins uh, lost, that Bruins team lost in the uh, finals um, to Ron Hextall. Not in the uh, finals um, that year. So, uh, uh, Caps fans don't... It's not a sign. <laughs> um, the uh, Now, we're, we're sticking with the Habs, though, yeah. because, unfortunately, there was right. some tragic news. In, right. In, uh, yeah, unfortunately, well. uh, Sergei Markov... Is it Sergei? Andre Markov. Uh, uh, 
God damn it. I think you're confusing Andre with the the Castizan brothers. Yeah, I messed this up. I I always mess this up. Um, Because what I do is I write the last names here, and then I try to guess their first name. Yeah. um, So Andre Markov's ex-wife passed away... um, and he, they have, they had two twin sons, um, who are in Russia right now, but the, uh, Habs are about to go on a buy, uh, right after this Bruins game. Um, so they, uh, Markov's going to go to Russia and try to sort everything out, um, with his sons. But I think at the moment he's not going to be playing, um, but he'll be back soon. Um, Um. yeah, just a little bit of a backstory. Apparently, she yeah. lost her battle with cancer just before Christmas, um, but it didn't go public until Thursday. Right. And uh, like you said, is two kids. Um, they've been living in Russia with their mother for a number of years. Uh, after Nat, uh, Natalia and Andre split, Natalia is her name. Um, yep. Our two kids. Their two kids were born in Montreal. Uh, Andre is his. He and his current partner. They have a ten-month-old daughter. So they will be raised. The plan is to, for them to raise uh, Andre's uh, two kids and bring them right. to Montreal. So very, very, very sad news yeah, in our sad concert news, with yeah. uh, the Markov family and uh, the Canadians organization. Yep. Um, yeah. It's a, sad, it's a sad situation. Um, so yeah, our condolences go out to him um, and his family. Um, and also, in other news, uh, Gallic Brandon Gallagher returns tonight. Um, yeah, so that's another spark. If, of course, he, he's returning against the Bruins, so, um, yeah. there's that. Um. How fitting for you. Yeah, exactly. Um, yeah, we should have ended with Markov, because then, I don't know, Gallagher returning uh, makes it, I don't know, whatever. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, let's go to the, re- uh, injuries report here. Um, it's literally every week we have an injury report. Uh, Tyler, we mentioned on the show before that Tyler Myers is out indefinitely. He has a lower body injury, but we already talked about him a bit. Um, yeah, just just an update. He was he hasn't played since November 11th, yep. uh, dealing with an injury. Now he's going to be out yeah, for another six to eight weeks. He underwent surgery probably out for the season. body injury. Probably out for the season. Um, yeah, probably out for the yeah. season. He's already missed 39 games. The good news is... Uh, he had a prior hip injury. This isn't the good news part. He had a prior yeah, hip yeah. injury, an issue that needed surgery last summer. Apparently, according to head coach Paul Maurice, the current injury he's dealing with has nothing to do with that prior hip injury. So, at least there's that. Yeah. Um, yeah, true. Um, Andre Burkowski has a hand injury um, of the Washington Capitals. He's expected to return late March. Um, yeah, he went. He yeah. went to block a shot, hit his hand, and yeah. it hurt. He was a good uh, depth player for the Capitals, but I think they'll be okay um, yeah. without him. Um, but we'll see. Um, Carl Haglin and Sven Bershi both had concussions. Um, of course, with concussions, you don't know when they'll be back, but um, they both have concussions. I feel like this will hurt the Canucks more than it will hurt the Penguins. Yeah. Because um, Ben Barshi has, has had a pretty good season lately, although I think he's been on and off kind of. So um, yeah, 
The only reason why I know that is because I had them on my but fantasy team for a bit. But the Penguins have a lot of but, depth yeah. in the Canucks. Still exactly. Um, yeah, that's the thing. Um, although at the same time, it's like, you know, the Canucks aren't really going to make the playoffs. So, yeah. and the Penguins will. Um, Travis Konechny has a lower body injury. We're back in that time of the year where it's like a, either an upper body or a lower body. So we know it's a lower body injury. He's expected to return in mid-March. Um, yeah, T- tough yeah. blow for him. He was scratched for two straight games. He returns to the lineup, and now he's out he's for six weeks. So very, very, although tough that part. might be something for like, uh, um, there's something to be said for that. Like maybe they, he just wasn't conditioned properly or something. I don't know. Well, he's he's a he's a rookie. I mean, no, he, he had, I he had a good October. Twenty two points in fifty one games. That's not outstanding, yeah. but you know he's 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 got a lot of upside. I watched him as a member of the sixty sevens yeah. here. He's got talent. He's going to be successful, but I mean, I wasn't expecting him to light it up like Patrick Line or Austin Matthews. Um, actually, speaking of healthy scratch in the Philadelphia Flyers, um, uh, Shane Ghostis Bear got healthy scratched uh, for three games, but he returned for two games. So we we were going to include this as a news item, but we realized. Since he played uh, already, it's not really noteworthy, but it is kind of noteworthy because three well, three games it, isn't big. Yeah. I mean, two games I thought, you know, maybe yeah. send a message. Third game I wasn't quite sure, and I'm just looking at his stats. 17 goals and 46 points in 64 yeah. games, including five game winners and four OT winners. That was his rookie year. Sophomore Jinx has hit him hard. 21 points in his first 48 games this year. Only four goals, and his plus-minus has gone from a plus-18 to a minus-19 in less than a year. Yeah. And he's been uh, – the majority of those points in his two seasons have come on the power play. And in each of the last two in each of the last two seasons, Philly's been a top-three team when it comes to power play time. Yeah, he hasn't so been good. So <laughs> at the same time, you need Shane on the ice, but you need him to, you know, put up better numbers because yeah. he, he's shown that he can't. But, like – you don't healthy scratch him for three games to yeah. send a message. I don't know. That feels kind of weird or the, counterproductive. Two, I can understand. Three, yeah, yeah. I'm not so sure. About that. Um, like you said, he's played in in two games in yeah. a row. So yeah, exactly. He had an assist on his game back. So yeah, I don't so know. Maybe that's, they that's were good. trying to think it was it would get a spark in him. I don't know. Uh, we'll yeah, see. Well, it should also be noted he was scratched before, once before this year. Right. So that's four times he's been a healthy scratch. Uh, Jonathan Erickson, lastly on our injury list, Jonathan Erickson of the Detroit Red Wings. I think that's his first name. Um, yeah. He uh, broke it. He has a wrist injury. He's out yeah. six to eight weeks. Um, Fractured so, his wrist, yeah. yeah. Um, so that's, gonna, that's a blow to the Red Wings' uh, D-line, but... Um, or lack thereof, but uh, yeah, and, and although he has, uh, yeah. although Jeff Blazel said he, he hasn't really uh, played at his best this year, he's still a good skater. He's still six foot four, and the Red Wings need a guy like that on defense, right? Especially with Cronwell missing a bit of time over the last week or so. Yeah. Um. Okay, that's it for the injury list. Um. Here we have Lundquist, who has a four hundred. Uh, I think this was last yesterday. Uh, he yeah, got his win, four four two win against Colorado. Yep, 
He got uh, his 400th win in 727 games. He's the fastest goaltender to get to 400 wins. Um, and the I think he he already broke the European goalie win record. Yeah, earlier um, in the year. But we're going to mention it now. Um, yeah. So kudos to Lundqvist. Um, I think he's already a legend. Um, he should have been included in the top 100 list, but... There's a lot of omissions there, I think. But the um, only thing he's missing is the Stanley Cup. He's won exactly. Olympic gold. He's been a Vezina front runner uh, for the better part of his career. He just yep. needs that elusive Stanley Cup ring. Yeah, I don't know if he'll get it with the Rangers, though. Um, yeah, that, that remains to be seen. Yeah, um, yeah, we'll have to see. Maybe he'll like wave. He'll go to Dallas. That's been yeah. the rumor forever, right? Yeah, yeah. You never know. Um, yeah. Um, and then uh, Martin Hav- here's some more sad news here. Martin Havlett retired. I didn't even realize he hadn't officially retired, but he's retired. Uh, he played 14 seasons in the NHL uh, for your auto. He was drafted by the Ottawa Senators, your team. He also played for the Blackhawks, the Wild, the Sharks, the Devils, and the Blues. I think he's most notable for his Sharks time. But he's been out of the league for two, like two years, basically. Well, just just fighting to to make a spot on an NHL team, unfortunately. Yeah. And you look at his final eighty six games with Ottawa. He chalked up eighty four points, and in o three o four, he scored a career high thirty one goals. Um, and after the o five o six season, he signed with Chicago as a free agent. He had a career high seventy seven points in his third and final year with the club. In the seven seasons that followed, he split time, as you mentioned, with Minnesota, San Jose, New Jersey, and St. Louis. Unfortunately, like the Dominator, groin injuries, and frankly injuries in general, derailed his career. Um, and in particular, after the trade from Minnesota to San Jose for another former Senator, Danny Heatley, in each of his two years with the Wild, he played in over 70 games. In his final five seasons, he didn't have a single 50-game campaign. So, um, unfortunately, he's, uh, Martin Havlett later in his career became a case of what could have been if he had stayed healthy. But yeah. uh, very talented player, um, and uh, always remember him uh, during his uh, younger years uh, with the Ottawa Senators. Mach 9 will be missed. Um, in other sad news, uh, the president of the Detroit Red Wings, uh, Mike Illich, has passed away. Um, he was, he's also the owner of the Detroit Pistons, which I didn't realize. And he also, uh, he has some, uh, affiliation with the, uh, Little Caesars Pizza. Um, oh, he actually founded it. Oh yeah, he founded Little Caesars Pizza. I don't know if he's, if he owned it or not, but, uh, yeah. he, um, he, he also owned, he also owned the Detroit Tigers. He owned the Fox Theater. Yeah. He operated Joe Louis Arena. Like his his fingerprints were all over the city Basically. of Detroit, and yeah. he was he was well known. Like at the and I was at the Sens Islanders game yesterday. He um they did a tribute for him yeah. in the Montreal St Louis game in Montreal. Yeah, they did a tribute for him. The, so he was he was a league wide figure. Yeah, the Bruins had a moment of silence for him before the game too. Um, yeah, but like uh, like Amarkov's uh, ex-wife, um, we uh, our uh, our condolences go out to the Detroit Red Wings family, the organization as a whole, um, his family, um, and just everyone, all their fans too. Um, 
Yeah, so we're going to have a moment of silence. Should we... I, actually, do you want have any more thoughts about him? Or no, no. Um, we'll, we'll, we'll just have a, a moment of silence for the family of Andre Markov and, and the family of Mike Illich. Um, our thoughts and prayers are yeah. with you. All right, um, let's go to the Bruins send segment. Um, I forget who started last week. You can go first. All right. I want I want I want us to yeah. talk about uh, the we the new direction the Bruins it. are headed yeah. in. I guess we can talk more about the Bruins um, yeah. after that intermission break. Um, yeah, so the uh, Bruins won. Uh, so the first game back, you know. Uh, if you haven't heard, Claude Julien got fired on Tuesday. Um, then on Thursday was Cat Bruce uh, Bruce Cassidy's first game back. He played the Sharks, which is a really good team. Um, and we went out scoring. Uh, we got uh, uh, five goals against them. It's one of the things that uh, Fluto was mentioning in another article um, was that, uh, like, uh, Bruce Cassidy was telling his team that he was expecting to crash the net more. And, like, for, like, Claude Julien's team is more, like, just had a lot of shots for sure, but they weren't, like, accurate or they were, like, uh, you know, towards the blue line um, or, like, slap shots. And whereas Cassidy was saying is that he wanted to see the Bruins be, become more aggressive um, in the towards the net, and um, so they won six to three. David Pasternak got two goals. Um, Bergeron even got a point, um, so he's back. David back. Bergeron got four yeah. points. As a matter of fact, he's over a point a game player since the new year. He's really started to. Oh to yeah, pick things sorry, up. he got four points. <laughs> yeah, he got four points. Uh, David, yeah, David Backus scored in the first minute of the first period. Um, he's back. Although I was critical of David Backus at the beginning of the show, um, if if we see more of this, then I'll, I'll be happy. Um, yeah, he had a goal and a, um, two assists, David Backus. Um, so, um, so that was good, especially on like a Sharks, uh, like a good Sharks team. So um, it was good. It was weird to see them, like even though it was one game, it was good to see them, uh, like. It was weird to see them, like, it felt like it was a completely different team um, than I had yeah. seen them before, and that's just weird, because I didn't, ex- I expected there to be a change, but I didn't expect it to be this quickly um, of a change, so there was that, um, and then on Saturday, uh, they played the Canucks, um, they won, f- they won that game 4-3, to three. Uh, uh, let's see here. Kevin Miller got a goal. Um, Fra- uh, Frank Petrano, which isn't surprising, uh, got a goal and two assists or three assists. Um, Colin Miller got a goal. He has quite the slap shot. I don't know if you saw that goal, but it was yeah, it was, that it was, was quite pretty the shot. hard shot. If you haven't listened, if you haven't um watched that goal, 
I would recommend seeing that Colin Miller's uh, goal against the Canucks yesterday or on Saturday. Um, and then pass. So it was. This is one of those games where we almost lost, um, and it was yeah. it was kind of a good uh, moment for us to see how we are gonna uh, cha- challenge through adversity, uh, kind of thing, because um, uh, the Canucks tied it in the third period, and then with two minutes left, David Pasternak gets a goal. Um, so um, yeah, we got it going. Um, so this is good signs that we won. Uh, we play the uh, Habs tonight, um, and it's a good sign that we're we're winning and stuff. Um, I don't think it'll keep up, but um, the thing is, is that once we once we start losing, it's I'm going to be curious to see how Cassidy brings these players up when they're not mm-hmm. doing so well. Um, and I'll be curious to see what happens. Um, I don't know. It's not. It shouldn't be too surprising that they're winning all of a sudden. But um, it is good to hear um, about. Like it is good to see. It feels like it's a different team. Uh, this this Habs Bruins game will be a first test of theirs to see um, if they are actually for real. To take a saying that we usually do, but um, we'll see. Um, I don't, I still don't think, um, as for Bruce Cassidy, I like what I'm seeing of him. If you can get Jimmy Hayes and, uh, Kevin Miller on the board, you're doing something right. Um, Mm -hmm. (laughs) but at the same time, um, you know, it's only two games, so you can't really be too excited about it. Um, if we continue, if we go on this winning streak for a while now, then I'll be like, all right, Cassidy is the guy. He's going to be, he's a good coach. Um, we found a diamond in the rough kind of guy. Um, but at the moment, not so much. Uh, at the moment, I'm still a little skeptical. Um, and also, I think we mentioned before, just in terms of Cassidy, um, he used to coach for the Providence Bruins. Um, so he coached a lot of these guys like Spooner, Pasternak, Colin Miller. Um yeah. Vitrano. Vitrano. Um, so those guys are going to get a bump from them if you're into fantasy. Um, and I think Kalark had his first game last yesterday. So there's that guy too. Um, but uh, So I'll be curious to see how guys like Bergeron, Marchand, Chara, Rask play under him. Because uh, that will be the deciding factor on if we'll make the playoffs or not. Because if they respond well to Cassidy's leadership, um, a guy that they, you know, this is their first time playing with him, um, then I think there is something, um, then I think the Bruins will make the playoffs. But if it's like, if those guys are just like, oh, we're clawed guys through and through, uh, then I don't think they're making the playoffs, and they're just you just might as well just blow up the team. So I, I, I'm more curious to see how Marshawn, Bergeron, and Chara react, and Krejci, um, the core guys, uh, react to Cassidy, um, and I think that's going to be the big factor um, for the rest of the season. Um, is what we're going to be doing. Uh, we play the Habs um, tonight. 
and then we have we go on a bye for uh, a couple weeks uh the next week so we don't have i think our next game after this week is uh oh yeah it's it's next sunday against the sharks so uh, i'll be gone they be in, yeah. they be in san jose for that so they would probably yeah. be beginning their death valley road trip yeah, that's exactly it. So at San Jose Sunday, then right. February twenty second and Wednesday night they're in Anaheim, yep. and then the night after Thursday they're in LA. Yeah, uh, but yeah, although it's they get two games off after that San Jose game, and then they play Anaheim and LA back to back. So yeah, yeah, um, exactly. But yeah, but that's but they have a week off this week. Um, we shall see. Um, I don't know. As for, like, the trade deadline, I don't know if they're going to be sellers or buyers. I think it's all dependent on these next four games um, to see where our status is. Um, yeah, because I could see us getting, like, a guy. I just don't want us to trade away our prospects because I think that should be our prized possessions, and I don't want us to go all in and get a guy just for, like, one year. So I don't think it makes sense to get a rental. But if it's maybe like they can re- maybe they can reacquire Lee Stefaniak. Yeah, <laughs> not funny. Or if it, but like if it's a guy like PA Parento and it's not like too expensive, yeah. then I'd be okay with that. Um, or but we, yeah, we'll see. Also, I forgot to mention that Kudobin got his first regulation win um, this season and the first. Uh, goaltender to get a regulation win who was not named Tuka Rask um, was on Saturday since like a year ago, basically. Um, yeah. So um, we need more of that. We need more of a... I think that's another one. We need a backup goalie. So I, would, I wouldn't mind getting a backup goalie, but um, if it, it just depends on the, the return of that. Mm-hmm. Um, I'd like to uh, chime in, if you don't mind, before we go to the Sens, about Bruce Cassidy. Um, He led the Providence Bruins to four straight playoff appearances in each of those four years. His team won 40 or more games. He's been with one team as an NHL coach. He was fired midseason in his second year. Um, And he also coached uh, the OHL's Kingston Frontex for... a little over a year again in his second year they went to uh, the Kingston Frontenacs went two nine and one and he was fired after 12 games yeah. uh, but he's had some sustainable success in the NHL hasn't really gone deep in the playoffs but he's taken them to the playoffs and at, you know that's yeah, a start for the Boston Bruins so um uh, yeah again I could you I couldn't ask for a better debut honestly I mean again you talk about the veterans Bergeron had four points back his chipped in, Marshawn chipped in, Pasternak chipped in, so so you got what you, you needed um, out of those guys. Just the resilience, though, like, you look at the one, the game against the Leafs where they went up one nothing early on, um, and then just bang, 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 the Leafs get three goals in a couple of minutes. Um, after Joe Thornton tied the game for San Jose, Boston gets a massive, power, uh, massive goal from Bergeron, and then they get a power play goal from Pasternak a few minutes after the 2-1 goal. And then first minute in the second, Sharks make it 3-2. And then uh, instead of folding like a cheap tent, Boston gets two goals. They have a 5-2 lead after 40, and they hold it down from there. So, again, the resiliency is good. But against Vancouver, I look at the second period stats. They were outshot 15-3 by a Canucks team that took 
over 28 minutes to record a shot on goal against Arizona. Their first shot on goal of the game. That was the longest stretch since 2003. And Boston somehow gets outshot 15-3 to and only gives up one goal yeah. uh, to a team like Vancouver. Right. And it's... That's that's not a good sign. Even if it's Cassidy's second game behind the bench, I'll cut him some slack. But still, I mean, it's Vancouver. No, Come on. No, I know. It, yeah, it wasn't they, a good one. They found luck. a way to win. They found a way to win. So. Yeah, I know exactly. It's like a win is a win, but we almost lost that game. So, yeah. Um, yeah. If if it, if we had lost that game, I would be in a different mood for sure. Yeah. Okay. Um, yeah, we 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 kind of. Um, uh, there was one of those weeks, uh, I think a couple of weeks ago, where, where you had just given up on the Bruins. Yeah. And, and it looked like it was heading that way for the Sens. Uh, if you, yeah, unless you don't have anything more to say, I'm just going to go no, into No, go ahead. Say. I thought you were okay. going to. Yeah. Okay. Um, so, for the first time since December 18th, the Hamburglar returned to the Sens crease. Uh, they were coming off a 4 nothing shutout loss in Buffalo on a Saturday night. And they get a St. Louis Blues team that had played the night before, had shut up Philly 2 to nothing, and were hungry to get back on track. Uh, the fact of the matter is Mike Condon was playing a lot. He played in 27 straight games, a new franchise record. Um, still not sure as to why they didn't give Hammond the game against Buffalo and give Condon the start against St. Louis, but I guess it's easy to talk about once it's already happened because, after all, hindsight is twenty twenty. Right. Um, at the end of the day, though, it didn't matter who had the, the who the Sens had in goal because, as John Tortorella once said, they suck from head to toe. Um, their offense failed to score for a second straight game. Uh, I'll give credit to their defense; they were able to keep it two nothing after forty, but the Blues just blew it wide open in the third. They got four goals in less than fourteen minutes. Uh, Ottawa lost six nothing. Uh, Eric Carlson had two giveaways, including a brutal one behind his own net that led to the Blues' sixth goal, which was, frankly, just adding insult to injury at that point. As a team, they gave the puck away 19 times. The Blues had six giveaways. Ottawa had 19. That's a very glaring difference. Um, The Hamburglar, you know, he wasn't good at times with his rebound control, but I mean, this guy hasn't played in almost two months. Honestly, what were you yeah. going to expect if you put him in the net? Um, so that after a loss like that, you, you'd probably think that the team would be in for rough practice the day after. But uh, instead, Guy Boucher stuck to his plan and focused on team-building activities instead of doing extra laps on Wednesday. And you know what? As a head coach, I find that refreshing. Sometimes it's better to not be so hard on your guys and just focus on team building. And you know what? I applaud him for doing so because it might have worked in that game against Dallas. Um, although early on they got a gift from Yuri Hoodler. I don't know if you saw that. That's probably going to be the worst play of the year. Yeah. Uh, drop pass. Oh, you mean pass own goal. Buddy on a delay call right into his own net. Oh, yeah. I, I posted that on our Facebook. Yeah, that that yeah. that was near center ice too. Uh um, so that gave Ottawa a 2 nothing lead. Uh, the, the, the laughing factor is Chris Kelly, who was credited with the goal. Yeah. The time the puck was in the net, he was on the bench. <laughs> yeah, that was the game-winning goal, wasn't it? No, but it was a critical goal because oh. if you, that goal doesn't happen, they go to overtime, and who knows what happens then. Well, yeah, so, so it, was it, the game it was the game-winning goal. It was the game-winning goal. Well, it was a 2 nothing goal, so it technically wasn't the game-winning goal, but it kind of was, I guess. It is, yeah. Because it was a difference. It was ultimately the difference uh, in that game. Um, (laughs) The Stars, um, they they came back, they tied the game, but 
but the Sens kept fighting. They get a key goal from the Stone man, Mark Stone. Less than five to go in regulation. Uh, as a team, they take six penalties, but they shut it down late. Uh, Dallas went over six with the extra man. Um, so you know what? And it, it every game has a lot of good plays and lucky breaks, and Ottawa got enough of both to get uh, a confidence building win after really a terrible loss against the Blues. Um, because even if Dallas is below 500, their offense is still one of the most dangerous in the NHL. And this was a team that hadn't lost to Ottawa in regulation since 2000. So this regulation win was a long time coming for Ottawa. And uh, Dion Phaneuf had himself a whale of a game. On the one-year anniversary of his trade to Ottawa, he played 22 minutes and 35 seconds. He scored a shorthanded goal to open the scoring. And he fought Jamie Benn, who is a pretty tough customer. Um, so really set the tone early on. I loved what I saw from him. Um, and then we go to the Saturday game against the Islanders, which, uh, I was actually asked to attend, um, uh, about an hour before game time. And fortunately, because I live in Canada, the rink is only five minutes from my house. So it wasn't uh, too, too hard to get to the rink on that particular yeah. day. Who are you? Um, 18,000 18, strong for a one o'clock, uh, start against the Islanders. That's pretty good. Yep. So the, the fans were in a good mood, <coughs> pardon me, and um, the big storyline was Craig Anderson uh, made his first start since December the 5th. Uh, in that start, he gave up seven goals on 43 shots and an 8-5 loss to the Pittsburgh Penguins. Um, this game, much better uh, results-wise, 33 save shutout, fans were chanting his name at the end of the game. Um and, and frankly, the team was good in front of them. They got outshot 33 to 24, but the Islanders didn't get too many grade A scoring chances uh, to really open the game. They were, they, they were keeping shots to the outside. Craig Anderson did his job. Very few rebounds. When there was a rebound, he was quick to cover it up or someone was there. Um, Ottawa got a fluke goal from Stone, banked it off the goalie and in. Um, and then they, on the 2 nothing goal, they. Just killed off a huge penalty, um, and um, Tourist makes a great pass to Zach Smith. And then uh, Tom Pyatt, um, I think it might have been the 3-0 goal was after the penalty kill. But anyways, uh, Tom Pyatt, great feed to Pajot, just had to redirect it in over Grice's uh, uh, left arm. And, and that pretty much sealed it. Ottawa just shut it down defensively from there. They played very well. Um so, so I like what I saw from um, that game against the Islanders. And what was also nice to see, um, I was sitting in the third level. On the second level, there is a white Dodge Ram truck just parked there for yeah. no reason. It's just parked there. Take that, Barclays Center. We yeah. just upped you another level. Another level. Like, it's one thing to put it on the first level. I don't know how they got it on the second level. So I thought that was worth noting. I've never yeah. seen that before. Um, Sends schedule. I think the uh, I think TD Garden has. Yeah, something like that too. Where they yeah, have like a car on the second level. It's all right outside the Canadian Tire Center, yeah. so I don't I don't know what the other arenas have, but um, it, is, I, it I does bring me a good question that I hadn't thought about: is how did they put the car? Maybe they built it on site. I don't know, but it it, it yeah, must have taken some awfully good precision. Yeah. I was thinking they'd just um, take an elevator, but I don't think a car would fit into an elevator like that. So Yeah, it would have to be a big elevator, yeah. Exactly. Sorry. Um, <laughs> anyways, uh, speaking of big, Ottawa's got a big week coming up, and they could get 
and it's and it's a week where they should be able to do some damage if this isn't another one of those trap weeks. Uh, they host Buffalo on uh, Tuesday. That will conclude a four-game homestand. Um, then they travel to New Jersey on Thursday. They visit Toronto on Saturday, um, and that's relevant because just taking a look at the NHL standings at the time we're recording this podcast here, this the Leafs are just one point back of the Sens. So, and, um, or actually, no, I'm just looking at them in the Bruins, sorry. Ottawa's three <laughs> points ahead of the Leafs, but still, uh, they have one game in hand on the Leafs as well. Um, even then, the Leafs are struggling. They've lost five in a row. Um, that's more than likely to change. I mean, this is a pretty good team. They're gonna fi- they're gonna find a way to figure it out. And um, they've always given Ottawa problems, regular season or playoffs. For whatever reason, <laughs> they have just annoyed me to no end. Yeah. Um, so that won't be an easy game. And then Sunday they host the Winnipeg Jets, which you know, defense and goaltending aside, they're still a dangerous team offensively, and they can beat you. So. Uh, Ottawa is going to need to be ready uh, for a busy week, but if if they take it game by game and they continue to play well, it could be it could shape up to be a very good week for the Sens. Yeah, um, I guess this is like a like even though the Bruins are on a bye, this is the week where the uh, the uh, Maple Leafs and the Senators catch up on the Bruins and games, yeah. and then we can. S- this is where they could do some damage. Yeah. Absolutely, and we can finally see where. Uh, the Bruins stand in between these guys, so um, yeah, we'll see. Just taking, a look, just taking a look at what the Leafs have to deal with now that we're on the subject. They lost yep. to Buffalo on Saturday. Uh, Tuesday, they host the Islanders, um, who prior to, I think the stat was prior to that um, that loss to um, the Sens, <coughs> they, uh, the Islanders had only one regulation loss in their last 11 games. Which I'm just going to double check, but if so, that's insane. Um, well, it says that they're four, four, and two in their last ten. Yeah, it's uh, sorry. What was right. it? They're four, four, and two in their last ten. Oh, they're four, four, and two. Okay, but um, yeah, they yeah, lost. Well, even even then, they've they've still they've still uh, kind of gotten it together a little bit, like sort of. Yeah, um, that the those two uh, losses uh, before the. The um before the um the Sens beat them, those last two losses were both five four defeats. So they were they were pretty close games. Yeah. So um the Islanders, nevertheless, they're they're rolling on all cylinders, and they're, they're not going to be an easy. Oh, we're talking about the Islanders. The Leafs. Um, so, I was talking about the Leafs. Were you talking about the Islanders? Well, yeah, I was because uh, Ottawa just beat them, but. Um, they're going up against the Maple Leafs next. Okay. So, yeah, that's what I was switching oh, back. I was saying the Leafs were 4-4-2 four, four in their last 10. Yeah. The well, Islanders uh, I, are... Again, the I, oh, I had, like, another statistic where there was, like, the since firing their coach, the Islanders are, like, 6-1-1, one, and, one, and the Blues have only lost one game as well since firing Hitchcock or something like okay. that. Okay. That makes and, more sense. And the Bruins haven't yeah. lost either. I haven't lost yet. Um, so okay. it's like it's one of those things where like the teams that have lost their coach um, yeah. or fired their coach have all of a sudden been playing well. Um, I think that's the same with yeah. uh, the Panthers too. They've been playing well, although 
they've lost not a little as bit more dominant, than dominant, but they've been playing better. Yeah, yeah. they've been playing better. Um, um, but uh, yeah. yeah, that that's that sounds a bit more accurate. I, either way, they've been. They've it's been a weird doing... trend, though, when you think about it. Though it's like yeah. you wouldn't think that finding your coach um, yeah. middle of the it's, year it's, it seems to be working for these, teams especially this year, coaches like uh, Ken Hitchcock and Claude Julian, but. Um, so yeah. far it's working. Yeah. Who knows if it will stay. Yeah. Um, so anyways, uh, getting back to the Leafs, they yeah. uh, host the Islanders Tuesday. They've given the uh, Islanders have given the Leafs some fits. In fact, uh, I think they've won two. I think they've won both of the previous two meetings as well in uh, New York. Uh, Wednesday after that Islanders game, they are in Columbus, which is interesting because after their winning streak, they've been a below 500 team, but still Blue Jackets are dangerous. They can beat you. And then they host Ottawa, and then they're in Carolina on Sunday. So they got a four-game week coming up, but um, I think I think um, the Sens have a more favorable schedule than the Leafs do. But again, either way, um, if if you're a Bruins fan, um, you're really hoping that uh, the Sens and Leafs both lay yeah. an egg this week because exactly. um, they could really gain some ground on. That's what I'm praying for this week. But uh, I have a little bit, I have a little bit more hope than I did last week, but it's still not fully there yet. So um, we'll see. Not as much as I do for the Patriots um, <laughs> every week. Yeah. Now uh, you you mentioned something just before we end. Yep. What does Craig Anderson getting a shutout mean for Mike Condon? Yep. Uh, well, Hamburger's been placed on waivers. He's cleared waivers. Uh, no surprise there. Um, Mike Condon. I think he's still going to get a lot of starts. Um, as many as Craig Anderson, that remains to be seen. But I think you're going to still see him a lot. Uh, I think they're going to split duties with, with him yep. and Craig, especially if both are playing well. But at the same time, he's been playing a lot lately. So I think um, if Craig Anderson can handle the workload, um, I think the only time you're going to see Mike Condon is uh, in that back-to-back situation against Toronto and or Winnipeg. Oh, because uh, uh, I think uh, the plan is to give him – um, Some rest. As, as much time off as they can, as far as as far as game days go, because he's okay. played in a lot of them, he deserves a little bit oh. of rest. And, I thought it was uh, going to be. I think, I think during the upcoming weekend back to back, I think you'll see Mike Condon play. But okay. it wouldn't surprise me if Craig Anderson starts Tuesday and if he starts Thursday. Um. Okay. Yeah, because I was thinking he'd be more of a tandem with Craig Anderson, but yeah, you make I, I it. Think he would be. Okay, you make it seem like it's only on back to backs he would be he would play. Well, uh, I think that's the the next situation. Just sim- not because he hasn't been playing well. It's just that they need to yeah. give him as probably as much rest as you can afford to give him. But um, uh, I think definitely in back to backs you'll see them split uh, okay. him and Nixon in those for sure. Um, okay, but I, my, I think they're gonna try. I think they're gonna try and even the workload a bit as well. My fantasy team thanks you. Um, <laughs> Fancy team thanks you as well, because I just yeah. picked up Craig Anderson off the waiver wire. Okay. Well, yeah, thank you as well. Um, <laughs> also, uh, you mentioned that Hammond was on put on waivers. Uh, Devin Setaguchi's also placed on waivers. Um, I guess that's not a surprise either. But, um, okay. yep, yeah, uh, I think that's it. Um, I'm Brett Duboff. I'm Steve Ellsworth. Just a quick uh, social media stuff. Oh, right, right, of course. Uh, Facebook. Lay some up yeah. for Facebook. I forgot to do yeah. this. Thanks for reminding <laughs> me. Twitter uh, is Lace M Podcast. Um, you can listen, you're probably listening to us on SoundCloud. Don't forget to subscribe there. 
Um, or you could subscribe on iTunes um, as well. Hopefully you're listening to that as well. Um, and email us. And email us at laceupbag at gmail.com. Can't believe I almost forgot about that. <laughs> um, thanks for reminding me. I'm Brett Duboff. I'm Steve Ellsworth, and now we'll talk to you in yeah, episode now, 65. Now next that's time the on official one. Yeah. <laughs>